0: Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management,
1: hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers. Guys, thanks for coming back. We have a great episode for you here today. We have my friend, Bobby Roop. He is from Michigan. Um, I actually film with him on Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, have been doing that for years, and um, when we started offering the land plan services, he called me up and wanted me to get up on his northern Michigan property, so he had a heck of a season up there, and we're going to talk about his success, the land plan, what he got done and completed on the plan so far, and just where he's at today um, regarding the success of that plan and his awesome hunting uh, that's been going on in northern Michigan, which is one of the harder places to hunt, so... Cool success story, glad to have Bobby on and and work with him on his property. Um, I do want to apologize, Bobby was in an airport when we recorded this, and the lady at the gate uh, came over the speaker a few times, a little bit loud, so I tried to cut that off a couple times, and you might hear some background during this episode, so I do apologize for that, but we do want to hear Bobby's success story and hear about this great northern Michigan 10 point that he ended up killing this year. Uh, up on his 80 acres up there so guys i want to also um thank everybody who's left us a great review we're sending out five inch free details to everyone who leaves us a great review on apple itunes on the podcast app on amazon music on google wherever you listen to the podcast leave us a review leave us your full name and we'll find you and my wife and i are sending out details to those who do that so thank you very much I want to thank everybody who also filled out those surveys. Now, there's a post in our Habitat chat and also the Habitat chat, that's our Facebook group by the Habitat podcast, and they're also on our Facebook page about you know, some students we're working with at Central Michigan University who are helping, uh, and they have some surveys out there about the podcast, where you listen to it, how long you listen for, all that good stuff. Um, we're giving away a pack of Afflictor Broadheads and a First Light, specter national deer association hat uh to a lucky person who filled out the survey and and uh, completed that for us so be giving that away here soon i just want to thank everybody who's helped so far now i want to tell you all about the squirrel i know you've heard me talk about it before this is a nut planting device invented by a guy named lowell larson in northern michigan in the upper peninsula actually and um you can plant nuts, acorns, chestnuts, whatever, very quickly with very little labor. So you don't even have to bend over and you can plant you know, hundreds of acorns. I'm going to be using this on the northern Michigan property. I'm going to plant a ton of uh, acorns on that property. There are no oaks on it at this time. So I'm going to go through there probably over New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, that week um, if there's not a ton of snow if not I'll do it in the spring but I'm gonna run the squirrel um, there's a squirrel and then the 1.5 which is an inch and a half diameter for larger chestnuts and whatnot I'm gonna be running the 1.5 through the woods burying hundreds of acorns Um, I have a couple hours to do it it should be fine should be good I just want to tell everybody that if you're looking for a gift for the habitat manager for Christmas check out the squirrel or the Squirrel 1.5, um, they can all be found at nutplanter.com. Um, you can email Lowell, you can call Lowell, and get a 10% discount if you mention the Habitat Podcast. So that'll save you some cash there, and then just a great gift. Uh, I'm going to buy one for myself uh, as well. So, you know, good good thought and support Lowell up there in the Upper Peninsula with this cool invention, and um, again, that can be found at nutplanter.com, and his email is nutplanter at gmail.com. Now, I want to also uh, tell everybody, if you're not on our YouTube, be sure to go out and check it out. We have a lot of our podcast episodes going up on YouTube in the video version, so some of the stuff we record via video, and you can see them up there as well. You can see the guests and the speaker and, uh, you know, put a face to the name, that sort of thing. That's all at Habitat Podcast on YouTube. All right, guys, I want to thank uh, Killer Food Plus, the Habitat Hook. Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Exodus Trail Cameras, Packer Max Fulte Packers, Broadheads, Realtree United Country Land pro Lake States Realty and Auction, and Morse Nursery for the support of the show. Let's get into it with Bobby Roop on his Northern Michigan Land Plan success story. Alright everybody, back with another episode of Habitat Podcast. I have my good friend Bobby Roop on the line. How you doing today, Bobby?
2: Not too bad, man. How are you?
1: Good, good. I uh, Yeah, I'm doing good. Got the holidays coming up, wrapping some work stuff up, and um, getting everybody geared up for, for land plans and property visits in 2022. Looking to be a pretty busy year. Um, and you and I were talking. You're actually in an airport right now, heading out west, right?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, my first out of state hunt really um, in a long time heading out west to Montana.
1: Oh Montana. Where are you going in Montana?
2: So I'm flying into Butte, Montana. And um, got a buddy out there, his name's Connor. He lives in Dillon. It's kinda like southwest Montana. Okay. And they and you're going out there for big cats, you said, right? Yep. I'm going to be chasing big cats using the dogs they got some uh, fresh snow in this morning so it should be perfect timing really pretty excited about it
1: is that so it's not like they already have one treed for you and you're flying out to go get it in the tree it's you're going to start fresh and get after them
2: yeah i mean it'd be nice if one was tied up for me <laughs> Well, I mean, I think they I think they
1: do that for people, or at least they used to. I remember my dad and grandpa telling me way back when they'd they'd call you up and say, "Get on, a, get on the plane because got one tied up."
2: Yeah, no, they um they've had a, a tough time so far this year with um with the weather. So really, this is their first good snow in a while. Um, so without the snow, it's hard to find the tracks. It's hard to put the dogs down on them. So okay. So, yeah, it's kind of, from what he's saying, it's kind of it's been slow so far this year, um, abnormally slow. But the snow coming in last night should be perfect.
1: Good to hear. Well, I, I wish you luck on that. And, you know, we'd like to get these things started with hearing a little bit about you. Um, I met you through Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, but let's hear you, you know, where you're huh, where you're from, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll get right into it.
2: Yeah. Um, from Michigan. Uh, pretty much live in Oakland County. I'm actually just north of Oakland County now, in uh, Lapeer County. Kind of grew up uh, just you know hunting around there, uh, family property and whatnot, and also you know up north, Clare area, um, and now we've got property in um, in Mayo in the Mayo area. Uh, my dad and I are part of a hunt club there. We've got about 240 acres. And uh, it's been good. I mean, we we first started hunting there like five years ago. Um, guys, it's just the old kind of school mentality of hunting up there, which is what I grew up, you know, that, that same process too, sitting over bait piles. Um, it's illegal there, but um, it's actually been illegal there for a while before the state banned it um, being part of the TB zone. But, um through that, obviously, and listening to your podcast and um, hearing all the success that you guys have been having with food plots, I uh, knew that was kind of where we wanted to go. So,
1: Yeah, and you're up in, uh, like you said, a very traditional part of, of our hunting heritage. Mine is very similar to yours. where you go up north and hunt the big woods and you know bait piles, all that. But you, you said, yeah, you're in the tuberculosis zone. They've actually and there a long time ago right so what have, yeah yeah what
2: have you guys funny. been doing
1: there before before food plots
2: well for us i mean really we started getting my dad and i have only been hunting there about four or five years um the first couple of years wasn't much um just kind of guessing you know where to get set up and all that uh trying to find oak trees and, and whatnot um but yeah through through talking with you and just wanting to head into the food plots we kind of dove right into that um you know baiting has been illegal there for however long but uh everybody around that area still baits you know it's um you can drive up uh, m33 there and buy a a truckload of sugar beets just about every mile so um you know, unless you're planning to violate, you got to have some sort of edge. And uh, the best thing to do in that area is food plots. You know, it's just, it's just a sparse area. Uh, there's there's really no ag. It's all just jack pines and and ferns. You know, just kind of a bunch of nothing. Big woods, like you said.
1: Um. Uh, yeah. So as everybody can hear, Bobby's in the airport. We tried to <laughs> we tried to pause to wait for the lady to be done yapping at the gate, and as soon as we hit pause, she stops. So. Back in action, and I know, you know, you reached out, because we've been taping for MWP for a long time together, you even before me. You go way back, right? How long have you been doing Mission Whitetail Pursuit for?
2: Do you know? Uh, season six was when I joined in, so I, I think we're on season 12 now. Yeah. It's about yeah, six years, really, six, seven years. Okay, and...
1: um I know you reached out to, wanted to see if I'd come up and and take a look at part of the hunt club up there with you.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was kind of our first step was, you know, my dad and I had some experience with food plots, uh, but we didn't really want to just willy-nilly it, you know. And I listened to every one of your podcasts probably about twice, had a pretty good idea. But, you know, first step is getting you out there, uh, having you kind of walk the property with us. Uh, point us in the right direction you know just getting off on the, the right foot is super important you know i've heard and i've seen you know people just go in and just start clearing areas put food plots in uh isn't really always the best uh, approach you can be ruining you know good bedding or, or travel corridors and things like that so um yeah i think you came up uh la was it i'm losing track of my years now <laughs> <laughs> 2020 thing kind of screwed everybody up I think but uh you came up last summer I think right
1: yeah I think it was uh end of spring early summer last year yep exactly yep.
2: yeah so I think that was super beneficial uh you know you put together a, a nice roadmap for us that we were you know able to easy easily follow and implement um you know my dad dove in bought bought a tractor bought all the implements um yeah I mean we just started going to town right away, so what would you
1: say after after the visit and the map and you had the plan and you had this you know pile of work in front of you where Where did you guys start because you're part of this hunt club you have you know we we looked at an eighty acre portion and then we didn't look at the other portion, and you have all these guys who i don't know I mean did they help put in the work? Is it only you and your dad like how did you guys figure out how to tackle this project?
2: Yeah, so um are you still with me? I had a yeah, come yep. in. Okay. Yeah, so we've got the two different sections. There, there's an 80 acre parcel and then a 160. Uh most of the guys hunt the 160. So that was kind of a benefit there. Um and my dad and I, you know, kind of share, I guess, the 80 with two other guys. Uh it's really just one guy and his dad. So, um they pretty much hunt the front part of that property and really, um, again, have just put blinds up and have seen deer. You know, it wasn't, there was no rhyme or reason other than there was some clearing in the front of the property. They put some blinds on and they've seen they've shot some deer there. Um, so my dad and I have kind of hunted that, the north part of the property. Um, and it really, it's just been him and I put, putting in most of the work through that. You know, our goal was like that we could kind of sell it to them, um, sell it to the other members. You know, like, hey, look at the success that we're having. Uh, this is something that you guys need to get on board with, too, uh, for the 160. Because, again, like, as you know and preach a lot, it's more than just, the, you know, shooting deer. It's it's the habitat improvement, and then it helps helps the deer, and it helps everybody. You know, it's not just for my dad and I. It's for, uh, you know, everybody up there. So, um, they're starting to get on board. Uh, this year, we had plans to get up there um, and do quite a bit more on the 160. Um, we, we ran into some pretty major hangups. Um, early August, we went up, and uh, my dad was going in to till a section in the woods that we, we were establishing a new plot. And somehow it was just, crazy scenario but he ran over this little log that flung up and broke the oil filter right off the motor on the tractor um yeah so that tractor sat in the woods um it was it was well over a month before we could get the right part to fix it and get up there and, and get it going so as you can imagine that was um that really slowed us down so most of our tilling that we planned to do we went to no till uh which ended up working pretty well actually uh I was pretty impressed by that um but then all the sections on the 160 that we planned to to till uh just to you know break that soil up it's been sitting there forever um we just weren't able to touch it unfortunately this year but but the other guys are excited they they really want to get into it and actually another member um bought the same tractor my dad bought so now we'll have two tractors up there.
1: Yeah, there you go, diversify some risk. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. I know that super sandy soil. You know, after the the first till or being able to do some no till, that probably help retain some moisture and um, and save your butt a little bit with the with a broken tractor. So way to way yeah. to kind of you know pivot
2: and and still have your your plots. Yeah, you know, and they. Um, they're in the woods, you know. There's some decent, you know, cover over top of them that we need to open up, you know, the canopy. But um, they actually turned out pretty well, um, you know, and, and, and kind of sold me on the no-till methods.
1: So, Bobby, what what did you get done on the eighty where we wrote the plan for, and what have you been able to complete so far on that plan? Because I know, you know, it seems like a a simple plan, but you know, when, you, when you're delivering this, a lot of detail in it. And it's just, if you go and look at actually how much work is in one of these, it's, it's quite a bit. Was that intimidating at all? And, and what did you end up getting done?
2: You know, it really, I didn't feel intimidated by it at all. I just, because right. we knew that it was going to be, you know, it's going to take years to really get it going. And even then, you're never done, right? So um, we just started Chipping away at what we could, some low-hanging fruit. Just, you know, you mentioned up there we just need high-quality food plots up there, so uh, we just really focused on the food plots, getting clover established uh, in the plots that we already had, which has taken off really well. Um, and then from there, the two big things, or one of the biggest things, was access, um, was probably the biggest thing because right now, or previously, our main access was right through the center of the property. Um, you know, so just thinking about how that doesn't make sense. You walk through the center of the property, you kick any deer up, where do they run? They run to the edges or off your property. Um, so we this last year spent a day uh, on the east property edge. Just, you know, I walked through with the chainsaw. My dad followed me with the four wheeler and we just went, you know, and just chopped down whatever we could because it was thick along that east edge. So that was the first thing, was just establishing kind of, uh, you know, that east access line, which is going to take more work. So, I
1: mean, you're talking an east access line on 80 acres. That's a, that's a long extra plan. How much of that did you get cut in?
2: Um, we made it about 80% down the property line before my my uh, chainsaw decided to <laughs> give up on us. Um, yeah, so that. That took us most of the way to, um, you know, my dad's new blind. That was another part, was moving his blinds from the middle of the property over to, like, the northeast corner, which gave him a, a better access, um, you know, down that east line. And, um, you know, so that was kind of two of the big things, moving his blinds, that east access. Uh, we planned on moving my blinds. Um, we may, after this year, keep it where it, It is. Um, We had some success in it this year. Um, And then another big thing was hinge cutting. I had my buddy Colin come up. He helped me do some hinge cutting in the northeast corner. And we probably did, I don't know, two to three acres maybe of an area, maybe even more, just kind of walking through and um, created a really nice hinge cut pocket up there. So, so yeah, man, it's it's been fun.
1: Well, good it sounds yeah it sounds like you're you're getting through the work you're not killing yourself plus you live three hours from home or whatever or from there so it's like yep. I fully get it and at least you're getting some stuff done and, and got the, the high quality food in now you mentioned some success there which you know got me to to uh, get all fired up when I saw your buck picture let's <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about that let's talk about the hunt and, and what you ended up doing and, and how it worked
2: out yeah um you know, and even to back up a little bit more, we've got you know cell cameras up there now and and seeing the success um obviously the harvest is the pinnacle of it, but seeing all the deer on the property has been huge um you know we're 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 holding deer, uh which has been awesome uh we had more bucks this year, I mean probably a dozen or more different bucks this year than you know we've ever seen before, usually, we'll have a couple. Stragglers come through, and this year we had about a dozen that were on the property for at least a month or more. Um, You know, they're not really living there right now. We've got a lot of does that are moving in, which is good. And then it brought the bucks in. So, yeah, I mean, we were the success through just seeing deer living on the property was huge. Um, Our, you know, I I hunted archery a couple times up there. Saw deer every time I was out. Um, Nothing you know, that I could shoot, it was within range, um, and that opening day of firearm, I mean, we were seeing deer all day, um, my dad, uh, in his new spot, was seeing deer all day, and uh, I mean, it just, it turned out to just be an awesome, awesome day of hunting.
1: Well, I'm glad so, you brought that up prior to, to seeing, to hearing about the success story, because, yeah, like, a lot of our success, you know, show camera pictures, like, I got a picture of a, really nice deer on the 15, you know, last night at 7 o'clock. I mean, that's success to me, you know. It's yeah. a huge deer. So, it's like, it's good to have the assurance that you're, when you go up this weekend or whatever, when you were going to hunt, uh, you know, you, you have the confidence in your back pocket to go with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have been seeing several good bucks um, for that area. You know, 100. It's part of northern Michigan, you know. <laughs> yeah, 100-inch yeah, buck up there is you know, a trophy, Um, like I said, the lack of ag and all that. Um, So, you know, we had a few different 10 points on camera, several different eight points, and, and a bunch of a year-and-a-half old bucks as well. And, um So we were excited going into it. Um, You know, my son, Emery, was out with me. Uh, he sat, you know, with me all day. He sat with me all day last year as well. And um we were hoping to, you know, have him get a crack at his first year, um, we were up on the youth hunt and um had two yearlings come into the food plot or two fawns actually and um <laughs> one still had spots and the other one was a button buck and he was really itching to shoot one and um you know, I kinda convinced him not to. Um but going into opening day firearm, you know, we had seen some deer early in the morning. Um my cousin actually was over on the 160, shot a really nice nine point over there. Uh, we went over and helped him out, took some pictures. We were just having a, a great time, a good day. And, uh, about five o'clock, you know, my son is like, you know, there's not enough time left in the day for me to shoot anything. You <laughs> know, like, buddy, this is the best, you know, hour, half hour left, you know, of, of the day. <laughs> just to chill, you know. And as I'm saying that to him, no, you know, no joke. I look out the window, this little yearling doe comes, uh, into the food plot. And like we see, right, there's a deer. Um, and so we were getting ready actually for him to shoot her. And, um, as I was kind of talking to him through it, uh, I look out the side window and we see this, you know, monster. For me, it's a monster 10 point. Um, and he was about 30 yards from our blind. He had actually started trailing a doe. The doe had come out out in front of us about 100 yards and circled around. I think she actually went and picked him up. So she kind of looped around and picked that buck up and, um, you know, all of a sudden like I said, he just appeared. He was like out the side window at about 30 yards and there I had the GoPro filming inside the blind and um, you could see me talking to Emery and then all of a sudden my jaw drops. And, like <laughs> There's a giant buck. Oh, my gosh, don't move. And he was, the way the blind was set up and where he was sitting were really focused on shooting out the front window. Um, So he wasn't in a good position to even get up and look. And it all kind of happened, you know, seemed like so quick. I think, you know, a few minutes took place, you know, there. But, um, yeah, I mean, that buck came out. And I, um, as any good dad would do, I, you know, asked him (laughs) if he was willing to let me shoot it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I said, I was like, you know, if you want to shoot it, you can shoot it. The problem was where the gun was at, it was on, you know, the final rest, uh, pod set up and out the front window. And for him to get around, he would have had to come over on the like, gondola my lap. A lot of movement would have had to take place to, you know, get this deer down. Um, like I said, he was 30 yards away, starting to walk into the woods after that doe. Um, so. Emery finally is like, "All right, you, you know, you can shoot him as long as we can split it." I'm like, "All right, <laughs> sweet." Open the window, you know, and so he gets up and opens the window. The window actually was suctioned a little bit, it caused the buck to jump backwards into the, the opening, and um, we had Emory's uh, 350 Legend, and I was able to get it out the almost out the window in time. Um, I noticed afterwards the barrel was still inside the blind. Um, <laughs> my ears were ringing for about two weeks, but, yeah. um, Emory was smart enough to plug his ears and we were able to crack it down. And, uh, yeah, he, he ran about 30 or 40 yards, man. It was, it was awesome. Just an awesome experience.
1: Oh man. And, and what was he? You said
2: it's a 10 point? Yeah, he was a ten point and uh, you know, we measured him out about one thirteen. So wow. um just a you know, an awesome buck. He was huge, a big body buck. And um again for that area is the biggest buck that we had on camera. Um, probably the biggest buck we think that's ever been um harvested in that hunt club. And the the hunt club was established back in the thirties. <laughs> so Oh uh, god. Yeah. So they were uh the guys that have been members for a long time kinda of grew up there. Um, you know, their memberships have been handed down from like great grandparents type of thing. Um they were all just super shocked. You know?
1: <laughs> oh well congrats again, man. I saw when I saw the picture, I was like, tell me that was on the eighty you know yep. and, and, and that's just that's just awesome. I'd shoot that deer every day and twice on Sunday up there. There's no question. Um, So congratulations for for making it happen. And and you're right. I mean, sorry to little man Emery there, but getting that pulled off on a buck of that caliber up north, he'd have been been waving his white tail goodbye, you know. So I think you guys made a good move by
2: getting him shot as soon as you could. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing. We We had one day to hunt opening day you know i had to get back to work you had to get back to school the next day it was an opening day it was on a monday this year you know and so it was like this is a one i mean as you know especially in michigan you get one crack at a deer like that um so it's like we got to make this happen and and thankfully it all came together
1: well that's awesome man i i appreciate you you hopping on and telling your success story and uh hoping that you can uh get some more of that plan put into place this coming year. I'm sure you will, and, uh, I mean, I only expect your success to increase uh, as your habitat, you know, increases as well, so.
2: Yes, sir. Looking forward to it.
1: Now, I know um, we always ask one more thing. You know, I want to understand what your favorite tree is, and, you know, maybe on the 80, maybe where you hunt elsewhere, and then go ahead and wrap up and uh, be sure to let everybody know where they can find you and, and maybe see your hunts.
2: Yeah, so, uh, favorite tree I think is gotta be an apple tree. Um, you know, no, no specific, um, brand, but, uh, you know, I kind of grew up hunting around apple trees and just, you know, they, they keep the deer coming in for a while. So, uh, we actually planted about 10 up there last year and I, I plan on planting about, you know, five to 10 every year just to, you know, kind of build an orchard. Um, so yeah, apple tree definitely is a good one, and especially if you can stage with the different dropping times. Yeah. Um is critical. So, um now it's just the you know, having patience and letting those things grow. <laughs> so it's gonna be a few years. But um and then as far as, you know, where to find me, you know, on Instagram or, or Facebook and um, you know, Bobby roop on both of those and and then obviously under Michigan White Pursuit. We're on uh, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, and, you know, we got our season underway right now, and um, hopefully I get a Michigan white tilper pursuit on the road hunt uh, filmed here on this cat hunt. I'm, I'm head off, too.
1: Awesome. Well, hey, be safe, Bobby. Thanks for hopping on at the airport today, and um, keep me posted out, out in Montana. I hope you kill a nice big old cat out there.
2: Yeah, thanks, brother. Thank you for uh, this podcast and, and your land plan and just everything you've done to kind of encourage me to to take that step.
1: No, of course. I'm glad you're already seeing success, and uh, I'll take get back up there in the future and take a look and, and kind of see how far you've come. It'd be awesome.
2: Sounds good, man. Take care.
1: Thank you so much, listeners, for coming and listening once again to the Habitat Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could, please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, HabitatPodcast.com, we have our Habitat Property Consultation Services on there under the Land Plan tab. Check out our HP Land Plans there. We also have hats, t-shirts, and decals up at HabitatPodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal where you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. I'd like to thank Exodus Trail Cameras, The Squirrel at Nutplanter.com, Packer Max Cultipackers, Afflictor Broadheads, Killer Food Plots, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Realtree United Country Land Pro, Lake States Realty and Auction, and Morse Nursery. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better Habitat managers.